My name is Jenny. My name is Ted. My name is Gray. And, and this, this is Anamorphology. The Invasion. The Visitor. The Encounter. The Message. The Predator. The Capture. The Stranger. The end, The Secret. The Android. The Forgotten. The Reaction. The Chain. The Unknown. The Escape. The warning, The Decision. The Spread. The Departure. The Sickle. Discovery. The Proposed Threat. The Weakness. The Conspiracy. The Violation. Separation. The Deception. The Suspicious. Resistance. The Unexpected Sacrifice. The Diversion. The Beginning. I'm so nervous about this, you guys. I'm so nervous. Should should we start? Should we start reading the last Animorphs book ever? <laughs> I'm not ready. I know. I know. I'm not ready either. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing that at the beginning, there were like 62 Animorphs books and you hadn't read any of them. And mm. now there's only one that you haven't read. This is the last time I'm going to read an Animorphs book for the first time. Yes. Oh, yes, so it true. is. Until the next time Jenny writes a book. <laughs> I'll write you so many more books, Gray. Thank you. All it's all yeah. I've ever Don't wanted. Worry. Dear listeners, we have just finished this book, uh, and I'm going to summarize it for you, and I'm going to try and do it without crying, so you will know that I have had no preparation for this as we finish reading the book two minutes ago. <laughs> I love, you know, talking about getting traumatized by a paperback now you have to explain that trauma to all of our <laughs> listeners immediately after living it yourself yes let's see Ooh. how it goes uh okay so the first chunk is chapters one through four which begins my name is rachel ah. and in this first section we get rachel's perspective as she is on the blade ship with tom doing what jake has asked her to do she describes the Yerks, again, gives us a little bit of an introduction. And then she knows what she has to do, and she does it. She morphs on the bridge of the blade ship, and she attacks the morph-capable Yerks who are on the ship. She is basically a- attacking single-handedly a entire zoo worth of, of creatures, including Tom, who's in Cobra Morph. And as she is fighting them off, um, Tom, in his cover morph, bites her face, her eyes, so she can't see, and she calls to Tobias to help her, and he does, and she kills Tom, and is in the process of, of being killed by these other animals, when she demorphs into human and is is killed by um, a, a yerk in polar bear morph. As she's dying, she says, I love you, to the screen where her friends are watching this happen, including Tobias, who is in his human self and crying as he watches her die. And then the Elemist comes to her uh, to watch her die. And she accuses him and says, like, who are you? And as we know from the Elemist Chronicles, he explains his whole backstory to her. Um, She understands that he won't save her, but she really wants to live. And so she asks, did I make a difference? Um, was Did my life really matter? And he says, yes, you were brave, you were strong, you were good, you mattered. And then she dies halfway through a sentence. Oh no, I'm crying again. And that is the end of the first four chapters. And it is <laughs> devastating. And then we cried a whole bunch. This is what it sounded like. You guys, the first sentence. I'm so glad. <laughs> My name is Rachel. I knew what was coming. I knew. <laughs> it's definitely Rachel. Keep going, Craig. 
Keep going for like the first five paragraphs. I'd seen it in Jake's eyes. And you know what? I was scared. I never thought I would be. Cassie thinks I'm fearless. Marco thinks I'm reckless. Tobias, well, Tobias loves me. (laughs) Ah! I can't handle this. You can stop now. I just needed you to get to that. I'm so sad. Those two by loving us would have screwed everything up. Oh my gosh. We didn't add the power of love to my like themes from this series, and it's oh, but it is. Yes, it, like, but it's such a crappy inversion of it, right? <laughs> but yes, but also like the power of found family, like uh-huh. Rachel is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it feels so like the Animorphs in a way that like we haven't seen. Like, there's like this light from the early series coming through, like Rachel talking about being dolphin and talking about Cassie's fashion sense. And like, it just, it feels like it's wrapping everything into this ending. Yeah. And this, the whole thing about the grizzly bear morph is so great. Why it's her favorite and Mm -hmm. how the bear moves. And it's just great. The grizzly bear and I have been through a lot together. It is strangely gratifying to have the Yurks finally know to shout Animorph at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Did what I do better than anyone that Jake counted on me to do. I attacked. Oh my god, she's facing like a whole zoo. This is awful. I love that this is such an involved fight. Mm-hmm. And that she's doing so well. Oh, Tobias loves <laughs> you before her. Yeah. <laughs> oh no I was already dead and Tobias was mourning stupid books (laughs) why do we read these stupid books I don't know I was never going to read this last one again (laughs) I remember when we started this I told Ted I wasn't sure if I could face the ending (sighs) and I'm so glad I did that's a really good death scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a really good death scene. Motherfucking Alamis shows up. Ugh. This is pretty much the same as it was in the Alamis Chronicles, right? Yeah. Yeah. The words we get are the same. There's a little more. You were, st- you were brave. You were strong. You were good. You mattered. Yeah. The thing that'll make you cry again if you ever reread the Elemis Chronicles is the like, Rachel was an accident, right? Like, oh yeah, the Elemis picks Marco and X and Tobias and Cassie, and Jake and Rachel are the ones who were, you know, just there. Humanity's contributions, right? right. She was a really good contribution. I'm really mad she died. (laughs) She wanted so much to live, and poor Tobias. I know. <laughs> yeah, she asked him to help, and he's like, I can't. And then she's like, No, help me kill him. <laughs> kill Tom. And he does. Like, uh, just. He, he does. He's he her does eyes. So good. When yeah. Tom takes her eyes out, Tobias can still be her eyes. Yeah, they're so good together. I hate these stupid books. <laughs> can't believe you made me read this. <laughs> With my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, trauma at the hands of a paperback, and we're only four chapters in. Yeah, I'm really glad that you didn't get spoiled, but I'm also really glad that the books prepared you because it's <laughs> yeah. like 
Yeah. Oh, Not that so I was hard. really ready for it, but even right, even if you know it's coming, it's so hard. Yeah. The books do a great job of foreshadowing it, but it's still hard. All the foreshadow like it really gives her a death that's like worthy of it. Yeah. It's not just like a freak accident. She's facing an entire zoo of creatures and she still manages to do she what she came there it. to do. The whoever that was on our comments who said the thing about it's not fridging was totally right. Like she doesn't this oh, yeah. is this is a warrior's death. Yeah. This yeah. motherfucking alamist showing up and I mean, I'm glad that he gave her closure and told her the right thing but also like what are you doing there if you're not gonna help the f- off. <laughs> but i love that he came to honor her death yeah she yeah. and that he was able to tell her that she mattered she mattered yeah and it's one of those like a couple episodes ago you were like well there's gonna be some kind of deus ex machina ending but right the almost is just here to watch it's yeah just like they the, have to make their own ending yeah yeah. That is better, but it also sucks. Yeah. The thing that... Oh, no, her last words to the Animorphs. Yeah. She says, I love you. <laughs> to Tobias, to all of them. I don't even know. There's something about the, like, getting cut off in the middle of a sentence. Oh, that's yeah, like... that's what death is. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, they give her all this time, but then, of course, it's not enough, and she still gets cut off. And I remember, like... <laughs> I'm just remembering Megamorphs 3 when all the Animorphs are getting killed off, right? Like, you have that same kind of, like, abruptness, right? So it's, I'm so glad we get more closure, right? They could have been really mean about it. Yeah. Do you guys remember reading this for the first time? What was it like? I mean, I was never going to read it again. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't remember what it was like reading it. I remember... I remember her saying I love you to the screen. I remember her dying. It's one of the few things I didn't I haven't remembered anything really for the past few books and that that was one of the few things that that I kept. I remember knowing it was going to be Rachel. Like I think I was kind oh, yeah. of where you were yeah. at the end of the last book Grey and so when this came out and I opened the first chapter and it's Rachel, I'm like, "Oh no." Like I I know like I knew that it was going to happen. I think I remember being really upset but like i don't think i was like mad about it because of the foreshadowing right like i had known for over a year that one of the animorphs was gonna die oh, right yeah, because of yeah, that the way the a lot more time out. to prepare for it maybe not a whole year but yeah but months yeah, and months like nine months yeah i i was telling ted yesterday i remember a lot of what's coming in this book i don't i have remembered almost nothing from the past few books and I think I like I think I must have blocked them out yeah because like I hated I mean we were talking yesterday about like are these books glorifying war and like when they stopped I couldn't handle it anymore like I couldn't handle the actual horrors yeah, of it. How, right it's like, like the dissolution of everything right and it's kind of like I mean we haven't read any further but it's like she's carrying out the mission but yeah. like why why right like why does it matter what's the point right. she mattered <laughs> no i know but not like rachel doesn't matter but like what are they even you know i don't know it's so unfair that she has to be the one to make the sacrifice right yeah like yeah. yeah yeah and she the way she agrees with jake's choice she's like yeah jake had to do it and if he hadn't told me to do it i would have done it anyway yeah 
Well, she's so clear-eyed. She always has been about what they're doing and why. Yeah. And it lets her be the one to do, like, to kill David and to be the one to do the hard thing. Like she says here, there's no one else who could have done it. Her thinking about it is so compassionate, too. Like, she feels sorry for Jake for having to send her. Yeah. Like, I think she's foreseeing his, like, survivor's guilt, right? I mean. Yeah. He sent her to die, and that's always going to be with him, right? She's gone, and it's his fault. And, and, you know, she would have done it anyway, and and I think Jake probably knows that. But Good call, but yeah. I can't imagine that, like, Cassie and Tobias are going to ever be able to look at Jake the same way after this. Like, what is this going to do to the rest of them? And that she's able to think about that when she's afraid of her own death. Like, I love... Like, you get her exulting in the battle, and you also get her feeling so much, like, having so much space for compassion for other people. And it's such, like, it's the best of Rachel. It's her empathy, and it's her love of the fight and knowing that this is what she's good at. And it's also her wanting to go on. Yeah. And it's um, the in the last book right in order for jake to like give the order to flush the yurks he has to go to this like place of thinking of yurks as subhuman right and you Uh don't rachel doesn't do that right she's like she's in the mindset of like tom's the enemy but she's not like yeah she doesn't have to lie to herself about why she's killing yeah yeah Yeah. and she doesn't forget that it's tom and a yurk right she's something about the yurk said with Tom's voice, something like that. Like, she still has her humanity in the midst of dying. So, (laughs) we're going to find out how the Animorphs feel about this. Should we keep going? I guess we have to. Ugh. After we finished crying, we moved on to the next section, which is, um, so chapters five through nine. And this is very much the immediate aftermath of Rachel's death. So they are still on the pool ship. Everyone is, you know, sad and crying. Toby comes in to tell them that the Yerks have surrendered as long as they can get the morph capability. Jake is having difficulties with everything that's going on um, and the decisions that he's made. We learn that Jerahami, Toby's father, has also died in the battle. And so... Jake has to make a bunch of decisions very quickly. So he has Visser 1 crawl out of Alloran's head and they they capture him. Then Jake also has Axe call the Andalite High Command, but also open a simultaneous channel directly to the Andalite homeworld. Do not know how that would work, but whatever. Um, so he does that. And then Jake goes with Toby down to talk to the Yerks who have surrendered he grants them amnesty and promises them that they'll be able to morph so then this this section um as the rest of the book is is kind of done megamorph style where the different chapters are different narrators so um start with jake cassie is also devastated and kind of reflecting on rachel and and how she's a joyful warrior and that this was kind of a fitting end for her and then she goes to find eric as jake has told her to They have a conversation about what Eric did, and she gives him the word that they're about to have Andalites on board. If they, if the Chi want to stay a secret, he's going to have to hide. So he does that. Then Marco um, and Axe lock 
Esplin into into a, a briefcase, and then Axta calls people. Marco is holding on to the Yerk, and they call the Andalite High Command. The Andalite High Command doesn't want anything to do with them and is not being very helpful. It turns out he is talking to the dome ship Elfengor, and eventually Aloran helps them get in contact with the leader of the ship, Captain Prince of the ship, and uh, Jake negotiates with him. It's a really great chapter because Marco is like translating for Jake's uh, negotiation, and he's able to kind of come to a conclusion with the help of Axe and Alarin, who offer a challenge to the Captain Prince. Um, and then the um, Andalite Captain Prince comes to meet them on the pool ship. And during the negotiation, he's basically refusing to um, provide the morphing technology or to negotiate at all until Axe, with the help of Alarin, offers a challenge. Because of that challenge, they know that they're serious, and so the Andalites give in and peacefully negotiate um, essentially the, the Yerk surrender. Because Alarin is now free, he, he helps them out. Once the terms are approved and everyone formalizes the surrender, the Yerk ships and the Andalite ships all kind of disperse, and the Animorphs in the pool ship land in Washington, D.C., and explain what has happened to the world. And an Andalite scout ship finds Rachel's body floating in space, and they bring her home. She is cremated, and they have a funeral for her. At the funeral, Tobias shows up, and he comes down, lands on her urn, gets nonverbal permission from her mother and from Cassie, and he flies away with Rachel's remains. That is the end of the, the second chapter, and then we cried some more about Tobias. Here's what happened. It's it's like it's truly awful how just a, a factual statement about the plot of the book is enough. <laughs> Tobias flies off with her ashes. Oh, it's just awful. Also, like, what did he do with them? Did he? I'm sure he keeps them somewhere and visits them. In his nest. I don't know what he did. Okay. I'm definitely having trouble reading Jake's point of view right now. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm like, <laughs> stop being so guilt-ridden. I don't care. Rachel's dead. The war is over. Ugh. I feel like this is some of the best writing in the series. Yeah. Like five chapters. <laughs> wrap up the entire war. Yeah. And it's still it's still like all about Rachel, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, these whole nine chapters, like the intense focus uh-huh. on one sequence and then this huge wrap up i mean i can't believe they did it damn <laughs> yeah there's a lot more to say about rachel but the uh-huh. um the bit where like they realize that they don't have any way to deal with the andalites yeah but they've gotten they've gotten esplin to surrender and aloran steps up yeah right like just the fact that he uh, i don't know so he says like we'll surrender I have the rank to like do this challenge thing. And then Jake is like, thanks for standing up for us. And Aaron says, I never hope to be free again. You freed me. I've done what I have done in my life. I am what I am, though I may have gained at least some wisdom through the years of enslavement to Visser One. Just the same, I will always be Aaron, the butcher of Hork Bajir. Aaron, the only Andalite to be taken alive by the Yerks. But disgraced even despised for whatever I am worth, I am yours to command. 
The speech was delivered in a low thought speak tone, all emotion severely controlled. But then Alarin whipped his tail blade over his head, so fast it cracked like a whip. He smiled the subtle Andalite smile and yelled, Do you know who did that? Do you know who moved my tail? I did. I did. I did it. I love it. It's just, every time he's come up on this reread, I've remembered this moment, right? Like the fact that he somehow miraculously comes through it alive and that they don't, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't deserve to live, right? Like if they had struck Visser one down in combat, no one would have really mourned him, but they needed him, right? Like yeah. they, it's like they, they almost, they almost lost earth to the yeah, Andalites and at the end he was there and just be yeah. like, ah, oh. but they still manage. He still manages to give that obeisance to Jake which yeah. makes it Jake's victory still. Like, it, it, it would right. have been very easy for Alarin to kind of take over. Oh, yeah, yeah. The leader, yeah. you know, and, and kind of do the, like, well, I'm the adult, you guys are still kids. And it's not that. It's Prince Jake does it and is the one who makes that happen. Yeah. I think there's just something about, like, you would never trade Rachel for Alarin, right? But I love that you get, you get this, like, <laughs> yeah. little moment of a character that you don't really care for that much, but that, like how important it is to him that he's finally free of his years long, you know, torture at the hands of Esplin. And he does it right. He does the right thing. Yeah. He, he's so unbroken. I mean, I'm sure he's deeply traumatized, but like, he's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He knows who he owes his freedom to. Yeah. That we get that. And it's also right because like there's no there's no time to be like oh let's see how chapman's feeling what right like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's not what's important so like to have their nemesis the body of their nemesis uh-huh. just like do that i am a i am a controller who is now free moment is like so yeah yeah it's so efficient or all the controllers must it be solves feeling. the plot yeah. problem and it like gives you that big emotional catharsis can negotiate uh-huh. that you know in yeah. in a way that i think makes up for his you know former like betrayal and <laughs> yeah. confusion about where yeah. his loyalties lie and they all everyone except for tobias is crucial in, right. in getting them out of it, right? Marco Tobias reminds them very that specific role. the people at home are watching. Cassie keeps Jake from losing it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people from home thing, it's just, it's, I don't know, I find it really satisfying at a time when, like, the American electorate doesn't necessarily inspire a lot of confidence <laughs> and faith. And, like, it's just really nice to be able to successfully be like, well, the people as a whole are never going to go for this and like that to be supported in the text. Like that's just, that's just a really like heartwarming, even if there's a part of me that's like, I don't know, they might, if like the message were presented the right way, they might give in to fear, but, (laughs) but that doesn't happen. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. And I love the Marco is the one who's translating for Jake Rather than us seeing Jake's thought processes of like, how can I phrase this to the Andalites? Jake just does it. And then Marco's like, here's what that means for those of you who are reading this and are 12 (laughs) and might not understand the like political ramifications of this very complicated, you know, conflict. 
And I mean, I appreciate it. Like, it's so uh, yeah. fun having that, like, really blunt translation. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so good. How did you feel about, this is Jake Berenson, president of Earth. Ah, <laughs> that made me laugh. Oh, Marco. <laughs> That's one of the lines that I has stuck with me. President of Earth. I love it so much. Oh, it's so funny. Earth Liberation Army. Yeah, Marco's sense of humor coming through and him being like, the like, I see the clear line, but also he can provide that level of humor to break the tension. And it's so good. Also, the whole thing about the chocolate chip cookies in the briefcase. Hilarious. It was perfectly timed. We really needed that yes, at that moment. We needed a Marco chapter. Marco, yeah, his, it's a really great balance between Marco, like, lightening things up and of course that's what's needed like for the whole situation on earth and then tobias holding fast for grief and like you know marco's telling amusing anecdotes on the the national mall the washington mall and uh and tobias just flies away just leaves yeah and then he comes back for the funeral (laughs) it's so sad to me how they don't seem to be there for Tobias, right? Like Marco and Axe and Tobias are alone on the bridge and Tobias is a bird and Marco's like thinking about how bad it must be for him. But he's not like reaching out. The the line about he's just a lonely kid and Rachel was his only tie to humanity is like, it's just devastating. And Cassie, who's like, Tobias, this is a big moment. Don't you think Rachel would want us to enjoy it as much as we can? Like... I feel like that's not Cassie at her most empathetic. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot going on, but also like Tobias's response is totally right. If she were alive, I'd ask her, but you know, she's not off. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's so interesting that moment when Esplin has like crawled out of Alarin and it's the finesse team hanging out waiting for Jake (laughs) to get back. And Max is like, I could, I could kill it. Yeah. And Marcus like, probably not. Like, maybe don't. But then <laughs> he's like, like, maybe Tobias would. I'm not going to stop, stop Tobias. Yeah. And then, like when Marco <laughs> saved his mom, they made, they both made a point of like stomping Edris into, you know, yeah. nothingness, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So who would blame Tobias? But that's not, yeah. that's not what, that's not what he does, right? Yeah, that's not going to help him. Though he did get his moment of, it's, it's his fault. We should kill him. After Rachel was dead. The bit about Cassie describing Rachel and why she was in the fight and how it felt like she'd been carved open. That was like so devastating. Yeah. A joyful warrior. Yeah. 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 And like that's one of the things that's so sad about Rachel's characterization like two or three books ago. Because like, there was that bit where Cassie was like yelling at her. Yeah, like, you're how so you... horrible. Yeah. Right, right. I'd love like, you know. Obviously, when you're upset and lashing out, you might say something like that. But I wish but we'd seen really the connection from their characters. Right, right. Yeah, this feels more because yeah. this is who Rachel was. Yeah, to me, yeah. I like the night on a quest. Yeah, imagery like that's that's perfect. Like she has a, she's not doing it because she loves it, or not just because she loves it. She's doing it because she has a quest. Yeah. Yeah, she alone of all of us, she alone liked it, loved it even. She enjoyed the fight. That's very different also from she had needed the fight. She wouldn't have been able to go on without the fight. 
which is what we've been getting in past books. And I resented it so much because I knew this was coming. Yeah. And I didn't want the books to paint it as like, well, it's okay that she dies or like she has to yeah, die because like how would she go on yeah. after? And I do feel like they were sort of setting up that position. They don't yeah. really take it in this section, which I was really glad about. Because yeah. like it's total crap, right? Like this idea it that like is. she can't do anything about the war. That's so different from enjoying the war or like yeah. having this like joyful quest. Like that's total bullshit. And yeah, and I'm sure it would have been extremely hard to to transition out of the war, but like that's I'm different. glad they don't say like, well, at least it's a mercy because she never would have been able to live without the war, like which is kind of what they had been implying. Yeah, I was that was one of the things that I was worried about, one of the reasons that I was like nervous about how they were gonna do this. And actually they don't do that at all, which is great. And why one of the reasons I'm really glad it's Apple Grant again, because I feel yeah. Yeah. the the ghostwriters might not have done this as well. Yeah, there's just some lines like Jake's first. I mean, you're saying you were mad at him because Rachel, but like, I, I think it's well. No, it is. Like, I just. He's like, Tom was dead. Rachel was dead. How would I explain this to my parents? Silly to think of that right then. Silly and stupid. Really right? uh, relatable and understandable, though. And, and then Cassie comes over to him and she's like, or he's like, I was afraid she would say something sympathetic. I was afraid she would comfort me. And if she had, I think that would have been it. I think my brain would have just shut down because all the pain would have suddenly been real and deep inside me. Okay. Cassie said, we still need you. You're not done yet, Jake. Yeah. Which is it's like, so the good. it's the exactly what she does in like 49 or 50 or whatever it was when she's mm-hmm. like, like yeah, you, you coward, like you have to keep, you have to keep going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know how the, you have those moments where you're like really upset about something and if someone's kind to you, you like just totally break down. But if someone is challenging or mm-hmm. makes a joke or whatever, you can like yes. hold that moment. And I'm glad that she did that because Earth needed Jake to be the president of Earth in that moment. Yeah, he super delivered in his speech to the end like You really did. That's so good. And I got promoted to prince. Yeah. <laughs> He, I'm so glad, like, because this whole time we're like, why doesn't someone make him a warrior? He should be a warrior. And they just skip it and they go to Prince. Yeah. It's so good. Also, they give him four morphing cubes, which seems like, why do you need four of them? (laughs) 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 One would be enough. What are you talking about? Well, you got, there are a lot of yurts. You got to break it up, you know, be efficient. I guess. Did you guys have feelings about Cassie and Eric? Oh, I had feelings also about Jake being like an apology to that robot, which like... You take it personally, I understand. (laughs) Why would I take it personally? (laughs) No, I I think like it's totally like it's really harsh, but also like Eric just resulted in Rachel dying. Yeah. And I also think like Eric's point is super fair about like, mm-hmm. okay, what about the 17,000 people that you guys killed? And Cassie's like, we needed a diversion. And she kind of stops talking like she realizes like, oh no. Right. Oh no. So I easy to rationalize that. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, a what? A what did you need? A diversion? You're telling me you needed a diversion? So Jake massacred 17,000 sentient creatures, a diversion? Yeah. Legit. That is what happened. And like, it's, awful but i mean i'm i think it's one of those like great ways that the series calls out those decisions like yeah Yeah. eric's definitely correct about that but also screw you buddy rachel just died (laughs) yes i love that it preserves this 
ambivalence. This like it's uh-huh. all complicated. Like Marco's like, I didn't feel bad mm-hmm. about that. That was, you know, yeah. that's how it worked. And Jeremy died too. Shara. Oh, Jara, yeah. Toby's Poor line Kat. about he, he was the father of the free hork bajir and he was my father. <laughs> Just, ugh. <laughs> oh, call my dad. <laughs> Lauren, you have to, um, your Jara cat fic is going to have to deal oh, with this. Oh, no. <laughs> Tragic ending. <laughs> No, you can just make it happy. It's fine. We don't need this. We've we read this. To get to this point. We're good. We're all set. You can just yeah. before this. It's fine. Pretend this never happened. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think it took me 20 years to revisit this book? Yeah, that was very smart. <laughs> I really appreciated that the text called out like Visser One being like, "Oh, you're not gonna kill me. Seventeen thousand like nameless Yurks you'll kill, but yeah. oh, I, you're not gonna kill me, sure." And that is such a thing that happens in in fiction so often, yeah. where like you kill like a million minions, getting to the big bad, and then you're like, "But I will spare your life so that I don't sink to your level." And you're like, "Buddy, you're like looking up while you say that." <laughs> and like, it's it, I appreciate that the text calls Jake out well, on that. It's so interesting because yeah. it is like it is delivering on like the. I mean, we'll talk about this more as the book goes on, probably. But like, it's still it's really wrapping it up, and you get the like Jake is heroic and he gives the big speech and all that stuff. Like Mister One surrenders, yeah. But you still have Eric like rubbing their noses and what they did. Yeah. And you you have that like commentary by Mister One, right? Like, yeah. The book clearly hasn't forgotten how yeah. traumatic it is, and of course, the fact that Rachel is dead means that you can't oh. forget about it either. Rachel's body floating in space. Oh. I guess I'm like I'm glad they spaced her because then you get this, you know, you get the funeral and like yes. that's yeah, yeah. great. I don't know that I necessarily understand the motivation for it from the like suddenly leaderless, rebellious Yerk forces that are apparently about to be captured by the Andalites. Tracking yeah. device. Like I don't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I feel yeah. it I'm not sure that I'm not sure that we have any idea who's left and what they think like that's true but. <laughs> yeah yeah we apparently we never see from the blade ship again but but I'm glad that we get some closure and the fact that it's Kathy and her mom who go and identify her and then it's you know Cassie's narration of the funeral is Ugh. it's very good and awful but I'm glad it's Cassie's narration and not like Jake's because then it can be about Rachel more and yeah. it's about <laughs> that's a really good point not about him <laughs> yeah yeah. I am a little curious. What what does the Council of Thirteen think about this? Yeah, are we gonna get <laughs> any more from them? Like the Yerk forces well, on Earth surrendered. This can't be the only pool ship they have. Do you guys wanna look at the the first page of the next chapter? Oh, sure. It's one year I later. Know, I don't know if you wanna do mid book predictions, Gray, or expectations or anything. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Um let's cause you know, why not? Um because <laughs> we're we're getting the the, the one year later. So we're chapter 10, one year later. I had predicted a full epilogue, but instead, I guess what I'm getting is the rest of this book. Um, We're maybe 40% through. So um, the rest of this book is the future. So uh, let's see. We've got Axe is the liaison between the Andalites and Earth. Jake is actually president of Earth. Good job. They elected a 17-year-old. Nothing bad will happen from that. Marco is his vice president. And also court jester. <laughs> Jake's about to propose to Cassie because she said after a year, if you still want to, mm. then ask again. So they're going to do that. 
they haven't heard from Tobias, but he's going to come back in one of these chapters and like see where things live. Did you notice that we have not heard from either Tobias or Axe in the book I so did. Far? We got Jake, Cassie, Mark, or Jake, Cassie. All right. Should we keep reading? Woo. Yes. So the next section takes place one year later. And we get from Marco, Cassie, and Jake what their lives are like post the Earth War against the Yerks. Marco has become the spokesperson for the Animorphs. He's on a bunch of TV shows. He's super rich. He wrote a best-selling book. He is living it up in style. Cassie has taken a job working for the government. She's the Undersecretary of the Interior for Resident Aliens. And so she is helping coordinate with the Freehorpagir, who now live in Yellowstone, and with the taxons who were able to morph into snakes and live in Brazil. We learn that Arbron, um, in his inoculated into the taxon shape, went with them, but was killed by poachers. Uh, yikes. There are Andalites who are ambassadors to the world, and Axe is the, uh, he's a prince and a hero on his home planet. We also learn that now Andalite tourism is a big thing. They come to Earth, acquire human morphs, and go and raid Cinnabon and Mrs. Fields. Adorable. Humans seem very okay with aliens in a somewhat surprising move. So that's all going fine. But Jake is very much struggling with what to do next. So he has no real direction. He's still carrying the weight of the decisions that he made of Rachel's death and Tom's and the death of the Yerks. Um, and the first time that they all, well, one of the first times that they all meet up again is at The Hague in order to be at the trial of uh, Esplin, Visser One, um, as he is on trial for his crimes. They all see each other again and learn kind of how they're doing. And um, Jake is called to testify and he freezes when he is accused of war crimes. Oh, before he gets on the stand, Cassie and Marco have this whole conversation about morph therapy and how being able to morph can be really cathartic for them because they're able to experience the world as these animals. And as we know, you know, those instincts can be really strong. So after Jake kind of, he freezes on the stand because he's confronted by the possibility of him being a war criminal himself and freaks out very reasonably. After that happens, they basically kidnap him. Marco knocks him out and they kidnap him and dump him in the ocean <laughs> and he um, morphs into a dolphin and is able to at least have a, a brief moment where he is not himself and can, if not have joy, at least have an opportunity to experience something outside himself, which is what he needs, sort of. The Visser is uh, sentenced to like 800 years in jail because he was a war criminal, fine. Um, they have a lot of conversations about whether, about what Jake did and so on. And that is the end of that chunk. Yikes. Were we crying yeah. this time? I don't think we cried. Yeah, we had a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts, uh, but no crying this time. Don't worry, it'll come back. I just, I love this future for Marco. I love it so much. I wasn't <laughs> expecting the crossover with the TV series Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> What does this mean? The new Palm Pilots will be actual pilots. Yeah. What does that mean? Are <laughs> they piloting a spaceship? What does that oh, mean? Oh, maybe they... Hmm. Did they make, like, uh, autopilots for spaceships? Like, I don't but are understand. They, I'm so confused by that. Are they well, tiny wait, people? Well, well, they, oh, my God. 
I bet they are. I bet they're like animatronic. (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh, Marco. I mean, I tried to talk to him about things, but some guys shake off a war and move on and other guys don't. Oh, my God. I actually really appreciate that Marco hasn't abandoned Jake. That's really, yeah. really good. With everything else Marco has going on, it's impressive that he still finds time to it's spy It's really Jake. touching. Yeah. yeah. I That's good, because I was kind of like, I can't believe he's, like, dropped him and moved on. Oh, okay. I can't believe that Jake has not actually <clears throat> been diagnosed with clinical depression and is not in he therapy. He definitely should have been, right? Like, like why do they not therapy, have right? a million right. therapists? Please, I have been asking for that. <laughs> Ooh, and the things that were in the war didn't seem to translate into real life. Like they were written in incompatible computer languages or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. You're super depressed, Jake. Oh. It is bleakly hilarious how many crimes you can accuse us for. Yep. 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 More than a million people from their homes. Uh, yep. It's just ludicrous. It's also interesting, maybe, to think about, you know, the. Uh, we saw the Council of Thirteen's trial against the Vissers back in Visser. Yeah. Right? The, this is a parallel to that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how well Jake was prepared to be this witness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not ready. No, but like, didn't they prepare him for this? You prepare your witnesses. Come on. First of all. They might have tried and he might have shirked his responsibility. Actually, that and then is possible. what are you going to do to but him? Like, he's the most famous person call- in the world. Are they going to call, like, is their first witness the person who refused, refused yeah, to be prepared? Know. Like, this is sloppy trial practice. It is very sloppy trial practice. Should have hired Naomi. Yeah. My God, they need therapy so badly. This poor kid has PTSD a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is not the time for him to work through that. This is the time for therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you know what's not going to help? Concussing him. (laughs) It is funny that even after the secret is out, it's still these kids helping each other in their own kind of like messed up found family way. Instead (laughs) of having a larger support system. Where are Jake's parents? I kind of love it. (laughs) I know I do. I love it too. But it's like, it is, it is kind of. Yeah, what are his parents doing? He got them back, right? Yeah, well, because one of the things he does is like hang out in his house with his parents, which how nice for him. But also, my God, get this boy a therapist. I mean, they must just be, they must be totally lost about what to do for him. Like, it must be terrible for them. Well, I mean, the basement he with your dead friends. Their other son. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I'm sure uh, they also are having some trouble. It's not a good. I'm actually situation. kind of glad that we don't get more detail about the parents yet because I'm not sure I can handle how bad that is. Great. Did you the, get to this morphing description? The the um, dolphin dolphin one. My um, skin yeah. was gray as a yes yes it is gross. That's not a description we've ever had before. It's so indicative. This is this is amazing. I'm telling you. Morphs are gross. Uh, again, the hear- I heard the interior sounds of bones shifting, the gloopy sound of organs disappearing or being replaced, relocated. What does that sound like? Ew. <laughs> Poor Jake. Did you see the next time skip? I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, okay, I did think some of it took place later. Yeah. That's right. You guys, I'm really intrigued by the, like, therapeutic potential of, of morphing. It, like, yeah, really gets to the, like, the question of like how the human brain reacts to it like it's this thing that's never really been satisfactorily answered of like where does the brain go like how how does it connect it's rachel's like becoming the bear the bear had been with me for so long right like 
that's sort not... of assimilating it into her identity using oh, yeah. that version of herself to give herself strength. I think that's a more mm-hmm. serious compatible read on it. I mean more like PTSD has a lot in like has a lot in common with like actual brain damage. And like they like they, they think there's a big connection between PTSD and like concussions. Uh-huh. And if the brain is the one thing you can't heal by morphing, like it, will morphing actually help Jake's brain recover in like a physical sense, like the way that your body can heal from injuries? Like I don't know. I mean, I feel it like- seems to help with concussions. <laughs> but not Rachel's amnesia in yeah. Megaworks One. It's like the series isn't consistent enough to really get into the science of like how right. yeah. morphing would affect the physical well, matter of the. Brain, I would be surprised but... if we see a Jake cured of PTSD for the rest of this book. <laughs> I don't think we're going to. Yeah. yeah, I don't think one trip to Dolphin Land is really going to. Yeah. Well, can we talk about how Jake and, because we haven't really seen Axe and Tobias in this section, how Jake, mm-hmm. Marco, and Cassie have all handled yeah. surviving? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it, Gray? I am skeptical that within a year, Marco, as a 16-year-old, would get all of this <laughs> that he has. <laughs> but that is perhaps because I am not... Uh, up on how timelines work. Um, but no, I mean, okay, so Marco has taken advantage of all of this by becoming fabulously wealthy, a spokesperson for the Animorphs, on TV all the time. On all the talk shows, now he's an actor. Actor, whatever, like this famous is face for in the Animorphs. I so buy it. A plus. Yes, he definitely, this is, this is exactly what he would want. I do want to know what his parents think of that. But <laughs> yeah, we're... Where are his parents? parents. Where's Nora? Where's Nora? Where is Nora? (laughs) What happened to Nora? Did they ever resolve that whole nonsense? She presumably is still alive. There's no reason for her to have died. I guess she might have. Where's Lauren? Yeah. Oh my god, Lauren! (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Is she out in the woods with Tobias somewhere? I I doubt it. Maybe she also gobbled herself as a bird. Yeah. The bird bird fam. Friends. Yeah. All right, Cassie is working for the government, taking care of the aliens and the rainforest, and studying to become a veterinarian, even though she's still 16. So that's nice. I'm impressed. Like, I guess I'm not really surprised. Like, I buy how resilient she turned out to be. Like, she's still, like, grappling with this moral stuff. But, like, she was always more honestly able to grapple with it than Jake was. Like, he was always kind of shoving it to the side as, like, thoughts he didn't quite want to deal with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense to me that he would have a lot of trouble. Like she would have an easier time incorporating it into a functional self. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Jake who is just not dealing with it. Not a surprise at all. Like he really had to like, I don't know, stretch himself out, like shove a bunch of things down, like really contort himself in order to get them through the ending. And it seemed like that was the only way he could actually do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. he did, and that was great, right. but he uh, really at the cost to himself. Like, he's sort of the Frodo here, and Marco's the Sam. Mm. Cassie's also the Sam. Multiple okay. Sams. No, 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 no. Marco is Marion Pippin. <laughs> there we go. Cassie is Sam. Cassie is Sam. I like it. Yeah. What do you think of the Animorphs absolving Jake of his war crime? I'm really glad the book is taking the crime as seriously as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have just brushed by it. And they really are not just letting it go. It's an interesting microcosm of all the bad stuff they've done, right? Like, I think it works really effectively because, like, they've done so much. They've had to do so much, like, evil 
at the service of the war effort. Yeah. And, you know, he's not, you could have had meeting the families of all of the human controllers that you had killed, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't take it to that level, but you yeah. get this like one, this one thing, thing that can stand in for everything because it's so much bigger. Yurks flushed that, you know. Yeah. I don't know that they're entirely wrong, but I think it's not quite like they're telling him the story they've had to tell themselves, mm. which isn't wrong. Exactly. It's, Maybe letting I'm, themselves off a little too easily. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear from, I'd be curious to hear from Cassie's perspective, how much she's actively lying to Jake about mm. how he doesn't have to feel bad. Cause it, 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 it's weird to me that she's like, if you did a war crime, then that means I did a war crime. And I know I didn't do a war crime. <laughs> like that was kind of what her logic was. Yeah. No, I, I don't think she was totally lying to him because she yeah. clearly was unable to keep it up once she saw how he had actually felt about it. So I think she actually believed what he said. She's also just real bad at lying. That's like, true. Well, she's yeah. sometimes good at manipulating people, but I don't know. I, I buy that she has found some peace with what she had to do. Probably still thinks about it a lot. I love that Marco was making fun of her for that. It's so accurate and great. Yeah. But this, I I like Marco's take that like, okay, it's, isn't, it's like a, it's a complicated and controversial thing, right? It doesn't matter what was in your mind when you did it. Mm-hmm. You you still had to do it. You were defending Earth. Yeah. I think it's. I think it is a little more complicated than that. But also, he's right. Yeah, the, and like Marco saying the thing about how what's in your head doesn't matter, what you do does is, I think, such an interesting point, especially for Marco, because that sounds right. Like from his perspective, from all we've seen from Marco. He is very much a, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Yeah, he's a pragmatist and he's, but he's also like, what, what did you do? I don't care what you thought about it. I don't really care what your motivations are. The funny thing about it is Marco has this ability to disconnect himself from his empathy to like see that clear, bright line. Mm -hmm. So honestly, it's like, that's as much a survival mechanism as anything else. Because if he has to feel bad about being able to turn off his own empathy when he's (laughs) making decisions, like he's going to feel really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. One thing that occurs to me is that we talked before about the Rachel and Jake sharing this kind of like thrill of the fight together and Tobias kind of being like the soul of the Animorphs and the one who is like, kind of like we're doing this for the right reasons. And so like Mm -hmm. Cassie is the conscience and Marco is kind of the like comic relief and even acts as kind of like the do it by the rules or like the outsider or whatever. Like what Jake needs, I feel like are the pieces of the group that came from Rachel and Tobias. Like he's kind of like, he's really feeling that loss. That's a really good point. Yeah, and the thing you said about, like, the thrill of the fight and everything, you can see that. He's like, yeah, there was this bright period of time in my life, and now everything is dull and dark. He doesn't yeah. have this purpose. Yeah. Even without the PTSD, I could see it being really hard. Or I guess the, the PTSD is sort of what keeps him from finding a new purpose. And, like, this yeah. Marco describes, like, the weight of everything hanging around his neck, like the albatross. Yeah, without finding a new way to get purpose. I mean, there's no better way to put it. He's not going to be able to come back from this. Yeah. I hope that he and Aurin have been able to connect. Because mm. I think they probably, like, Aurin probably has a lot to, to teach him. They probably have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe over the next two years. Maybe. 
Um, the next chunk takes place again two years later, and this is um, uh, starts with Axe, and then we we go back to Earth. So Axe is out in space. He is in command of his own ship called the Intrepid, and he is patrolling the universe, chasing rumors of the Blade Ship. They're trying to track down what happened to those Yerks who escaped. They come across a kind of ship that they've never seen before. They go on board to see if they can find any trace of the blade ship because there seems to be some kind of human-based DNA on the ship. So they go on board, and unlike is usual, uh, Axe, who is being Kirk in this scenario, decides he is going to lead the team onto the spaceship, which turns out to have been a terrible idea. So then we cut back to Earth, and Jake is now a professor. He's teaching a counterterrorism class to um, a group of like international students who are learning about what Morphs are capable of, and they are figuring out how to f- use that to fight against terrorism, top secret, etc. Marco is still very happily rich and wealthy, and Cassie is still doing her thing, dating somebody else. So mm. as Jake is leaving class... Two Andalites come to meet him, and one of them is a um, someone who is the first officer of Axe's ship, one of the only survivors of what happened next, which was the Blade ship came out and um, fired on them, seems to have destroyed most people, but they think Axe was captured and not killed. And so they sort of subtly ask Jake to take the reins and leading an expedition to find Axe, because he is in a neutral alien space and so the Andalites can't go into that space so they need a human to like go rogue and go find Axe um, one of this um, the first officer whose name is Menderash um, voluntarily becomes a human Nothlet so that he can accompany Jake and Jake decides that he will go in search of Axe um, so he goes to find the rest of the Animorphs to tell them about this and to bring them um, with him so first he goes and finds Cassie, who's with her boyfriend, Ronnie Chambers, who we have mixed feelings about. <laughs> Probably we don't like him. Uh, and Jake comes up to her and but, basically says... I mean, to oh. Cassie's credit, he has really muscular legs. <laughs> he does, which is important when you're 19. Yikes. She is in Yellowstone with her new boyfriend, and Jake comes to find her. And he basically tells her she's not allowed to come with him, which, yikes. Um, but he also is there to tell her what happened to Axe and to get her to tell him where Tobias is living because he's sure that Cassie will know. She does, and she, she um, at least tells him how to find Toby, um, the, the Hork-Bajir. And so Cassie and Jake have a conversation that's basically them somewhat coming to terms with their feelings about what happened with Rachel and the end of their relationship, kind of. And then... Jake departs, and Cassie knows she has said goodbye to him forever, and it's very sad. And then we cut to Tobias, who is doing surprisingly well, living in a meadow, hunting small prey animals, and pretty much not thinking about his life as an animorph because he doesn't want to, which is fair. Uh, And then uh, he's seeing these campers who are who look like he and Rachel might have looked in the future, and it's really bumming him out. Um, And as he is watching them and listening to her play some music, Toby comes through the trees to find him, bringing along a wolf, who it turns out is Jake. And although 
Tobias and Jake have not really spoken since the war ended. Uh, Jake explains to Tobias what is happening with Axe, and Tobias realizes that he has to go with him because, of course, Axe is his shorm. Marco uh, is still fabulously wealthy. Uh, he is also bored. He's currently hanging out in his pool as a lobster to find his keys or something. He's got a ton of cars. He has a butler, whatever. There were no real keys. He just wanted to be a lobster. He just wanted to be a lobster. Uh, he's, you know, bored and wealthy and on TV being Marco. So Jake comes and says, listen, we're going to go in search of Axe. Um, Marco and Jake have a good conversation or have a conversation about <laughs> what they're doing and why and where Jake is kind of mentally and emotionally. And Marco challenges him a little bit, um, but there's also some great banter. And Marco agrees that he's obviously going to go too. Uh, so the gang is all together and they're going to go figure things out. Whew. Then we took another break and talked about our feelings and about Tobias in particular, but also just in general, how they're all dealing with the aftermath of the war and yikes, you guys, yikes. <laughs> and this is what our conversation was. Two years later. Oh my God. I love that Axe explains his actions because he's used to this incredibly small egalitarian team rather than this hierarchical military structure. It's amazing. I love that he's still using bad guy as a, uh, still has human phrases. Oh man. He's such a captain Kirk. It's like, this <laughs> is supposed to lead boarding parties, but I'm going to do it because I'm bored. <laughs> and I can, cause I'm a legend. Oh yeah. He also has the adrenaline thing going on. Mm. Well, I was so aware of his like outsized power and influence. Mm-hmm. When did this book come out? What? Why? Oh, terrorism had grown as a problem. Yeah. When did this come out? I'm um, going to look it up. Mid-2001? Huh. Like, summer? I'm forming a new religious cult, and it is the cult of Apple Grant. <laughs> yes, let's all sign up. May 2001. Okay. Dang, yeah. Gina. Well, it's not like September 11th came out of nowhere. No, that's like, true, but it's still very impressive. Yeah. Okay, so they're 19 now, right? Yeah. How the heck old is Ronnie Chambers? Yeah. Great question. Because <laughs> if he's Cassie's counterpart, like, she's ridiculously young for her job. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm judgy. Yeah. They are about to tell you the answer. Oh, nice. Six years older. Uh, that's not great. That's better than I expected. I guess she has had a lot of life history, but... Or, like, a lot of experience fighting wars and stuff. I don't know. Still. The new president, she had appointed me. Yes. <laughs> Someone's headcanon is that our governor becomes this president <gasps> from 51, which I love. Yes, headcanon accepted. She is the best. Yeah, yeah. Done. Oh, man. A pair of very muscular legs. That's a creepy way to describe him. She's into his legs. <laughs> No, that's that's literally. Oh, I don't like this guy. With the pancakes? Nope. The pancakes. Shut up. I mean, like, as someone who finds that pancakes really give me no energy for the day, I understand. It might not be about like it's weight, but as still, a as a police, one one yeah. line that we get from this man, <laughs> it is a pretty bad That's look. pretty that is yeah. pretty bad, actually. And he's six years older shit. policing what she eats. Ronnie was a man's man. Oh no. Okay, I hate him. See. 
<laughs> An inch or two taller. He's finally six feet now. Yay. I bet Ronnie's five foot ten, but says he's six foot. <laughs> now you're just being mean. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. I wanted to like Ronnie, but I don't think I can. Nope. Rachel was the first and only person who ever loved Tobias. That's not true. They all love Tobias. But yeah. I guess, you know, not... Also, he had a mom. Like, she did love him. Just, you know... We've forgotten she Narrative exists, apparently. necessity things yeah. happen. And, I mean, she wasn't around, like... Mm. That's true. Okay, I love how sort of okay Tobias sounds. Like, he's just, like, living his bird life, morphing bears to scare off wolves. We'll see if this lasts. I'm glad that he is actively trying not to mope. Marco! I do not approve of your girlfriend or the way you talk about her. Yeah. I'm glad you're getting out of this life. It seems bad for you. Marco, shut up. This time I won't make mistakes. No, he can't go into the Yeah, like Jake, that. what are you talking about, oh, man? Yeah. Like, I love you, but get your head out of your ass. Yeah. That is the wrong lesson to learn from this experience. Oh, no. Yeah, this is... Marco's so smart, and I love it. I love that he... I feel like he he has done really well since the war, mm-hmm. like, but he has not become a better version of himself. Yeah. That seems accurate, yeah. He's become a more extreme version of himself, but not a better version. Yeah. And their lives continue to splinter over the two years, right? Yeah. If not for the whole thing with Axe and Menderash, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like Jake and Marco are closer. Yeah, like, they're still staying somewhat close, but... Yeah, and and the... Cassie thing is so indicative of that, right? Like, they're not going to get a happy ending. And that's yeah. true, if not yeah. good. Like, I'm sad about it, but also this seems like a fitting ending for the general of the Animorphs in a way that is more honest than I would have expected from a middle grade book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I feel like the one year after is kind of the, like, this is the conclusion. And then now we're, this is, like, the real epilogue, right? It's, like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. what's going what's gonna to keep happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. So what do you think about Cassie not coming? You, you don't like that Jake makes the call? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just him making that decision for her. I guess he has the right to choose who he invites, but, like... And maybe he doesn't want to put the burden of the decision on her because he knows that she yeah. has a life here that she would want to keep. I wonder if he correctly assumes that if he asked, she would say yes. Yeah, well, because yeah. she had already basically said yes. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of paternalistic, right? Yeah. It's the paternalism thing again. Yeah. It's also the right decision. It is, pro- it is the right call for her, I think. Yeah, she's doing important work here. And I think that is a good... I mean, to some extent, I think it's also, like, narratively the kind of way to get out of, are they going to end up together? Like, nope, they're not. Here's, here is the last, you know, yeah. I assume probably one, the last time we're going to see them interact. And it's... Because if Cassie went with them, they would they would yeah. end up together. Like, right. maybe it wouldn't be good. Like, it might be tumultuous. But, like, yeah. I also think it is paternalistic, though, like, yeah. the... Mm-hmm. Jake looks at Cassie's life and Tobias's life and Marco's life. And he's like, I know it's best for each of you. And yes. Cassie's the only one who has yeah. something worth keeping. Yeah. 
right? That's <laughs> which is yeah. sort of true. Like she's right. doing this really important work. Marco seems to be discovering the actual emptiness of the things that he thought were fun. Mm. Right, um, he's morphing lobster be... just for the heck of it. Right, right? like that's so indicative. <laughs> he's dating a girl he describes as not a genius, which which like neither are you. Shut up. <laughs> no, but he is actually very smart, and he probably would actually like a meaningful partner to him would be someone who's smart and someone whose intelligence he doesn't look down on because sure. ew. Gross. And he has a butler who he calls by a different name. Like he's not he really Yeah, he's not really engaging with the people around him. Yeah. And yeah, he he does need something different. Mm-hmm. Tobias is doing surprisingly well, actually. Well, but by just never thinking about being human, right? He's yes, like, the, he's me- fa- yeah. the campers playing music haunts him because yeah. it reminds him of different, of a more human part of himself. Well, and like what he and Rachel could have been. I know. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, he seems to be being honest with himself, or at least, you know, he's, I, I liked the way that was presented. Like, yeah. you know, surviving alone, don't lie to yourself. It's, yeah, yeah but it is also... And the like, sad. the Cassie Jake thing where there's like, it's sort of closure, but it's also so much is left unsaid. It feels so like, because they real. never broke up. Yeah. 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 Cassie says in the one year later part, we're not together, but yeah. the, like, they don't really. Yeah. Ugh. I liked my ending for them better. Yeah. <laughs> I am annoyed that we didn't get a better boyfriend for Cassie. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's fine. I'm I, mean, not that I, I should probably okay. shouldn't judge him. Like, yeah, I also hope sentences. that this isn't meant to be that she and Ronnie are together forever, right? Like, oh, that's, they're yeah, both that's very, they're both very young. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, they're 19 and 25. Like, take a breath. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And she's clearly very cautious about accepting marriage proposals when they're too soon. So, <laughs> so such a good point. Yeah. I really like Menderbrash, whatever the hell his name is. Menderash. Menderash. Yeah. Menderash. Yeah. He's great. That guy. I like him. I mean, I liked him in the act scene where he's like, I wish that you wouldn't do this thing that you're about to do. And then he's <laughs> like, he has thought through this plan and is willing to not let himself as a human to save Axe. That is very cool. Yes. Yes. What yeah. a move. Right. What a move. It's so good at this late point. In the series, the second half yeah. of the final book, yeah. be like, here's a minor character that you will love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a new adventure that we, yeah, is really exciting. What did you think of the X chapter? I really liked I it. Him. It was such good <laughs> sci fi. Like, they're in space, there's the different kinds of spaceships. It was cool. X becoming Kirk is such a cool yes. way yeah. to think about it. Going on the exciting missions and just like so aware of the effect he has on the people around him and like taking pains to behave in a way that will be best for the people around him, like really considering the impact he has. I just love that. Yeah, he learned so much from his time on Earth. And he's grown up so much. Like he, Mm. it seems like often was like kind of thoughtless and clueless in the series as a whole. And like, yeah, he's really grown into a functioning commander. I also think it's so cool he's the to see. Now. Sorry, go on. No, it's cool <laughs> to see the mix of I had I had always thought that like Axe becoming human would mean he would feel out of place among the Andalites again. Mm. But it's fascinating to see that like being a larger than life hero like his brother 
has meant that he like he's found this niche for himself, which is like the one place in the Andalite military where he can kind of still do whatever he wants, right? Like yes. he hasn't he hasn't snapped he's on back his five in. Year mission. Right. He's not like a war prince who's like training people in the academy. He's right. not like getting part of the military hierarchy. Like after his experience being an anamorph, he's never gonna really follow rules like that again. So like yes. he kind of has so carved accurate. out carved out this own I little space that. for himself. That's a really great point. I like that very much. And I love that Andalite are I guess earth tourism has become such a big thing that like Andalites will understand that like he's super crazy about cinnamon buns. Like, yeah, so are all of they. Yeah. And he's able to love that. I mean, I guess he doesn't directly bring that to his people, but his his people are able to discover that for themselves. So him having this knowledge of humanity just makes him like extra cool. It doesn't yeah. make him an outsider. Yeah. yeah, he was the first one to try Cinnabon. He's like the Cinnabon hipster. Andalite tourism. What a great, what a great concept. Such a great concept. And I love, I mean, one thing that I want to talk about next time is Apple Grant's view of humanity and whether they think humanity is basically good. Mm. I think they think humanity is basically good. And one of yeah. the ways that manifests yeah. is like, our ability to live peacefully with other species on our own yes. planet. That is not what I would expect. <laughs> yeah. They sort of brush off the difficulty of it. Like, yeah, humans have been expecting aliens to exist for years. Star Wars, Star Trek, all this stuff. And like, at least they're not scary aliens. And We didn't, right. wait, we didn't talk about poor Arbren. Poor Arbren. Oh. So like you get the like, oh. and the Texans lived happily ever after in the rainforest. And it's like, it's like the perfect Apple Grant, like bittersweetness. Uh-huh. It was like, Arbin lived there for a while. And then he got killed by poachers. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so plausible, but it's, uh, and it's then like, it was this huge, utterly like, terrible, you know, international scandal, right? And, yeah. Oh my God. He was an endling, right? Like from the K.A. Applegate series about like the last animal of its kind. Oh. Isn't that his, the one I... and only... Isn't that what an endling is? I'm not saying there's a narrative connection, but... Yes, I think you're right, but I'm going to look it up. Are there... What about the tax and homeworld? No, that's true. That's a total... Yeah, aren't there other... Threat. There must still be Yeah, An endling yeah. is the last known individual of a species or subspecies. Once the endling dies, the species becomes extinct... Um, this is a new article from the New York Times. Catherine Applegate may be best known for the Newbery Medal winning novel, The One and Only Ivan. No, that is no, not what she's not. best known for. Thank <laughs> you. She's also the writer who gave us the young adult sci-fi series, The Animorphs. Her new book, Endling the Last, calls to mind both accomplishments. So this is from 2018. I'm really excited to read that. Yeah, I'm excited to yeah, read let's that. Read yeah. It. yeah, speaking of, I don't know if we want to talk about the fate of the Yerks in, in this, or we want to wait till our, our series sum up, but... The Yerks as a species are, uh, I mean, if they all, if they all morph. Yeah, they're not doing great. Well, they're still all blockaded, right? Yeah, so are the Yerks on the Yerk homeworld, that's what they were saying, like, Axe was like, ah, at least I have an exploratory mission. Most Andalites are... Still blockading the Yerk homeworld. Yeah. Do they have a plan for that? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> un, it's unclear. We had that subvisor on the pool ship who negotiated observed nothing of your courses on earth which right. seems to have happened right but like but there's what no... about all the yerks just and we've got nothing we've got nothing of like aftran okay. and the peace movement right like yeah it's weird that that wasn't explicitly called out agreed yeah that's a really good point like lauren completely forgotten about <laughs> yeah what the hell man <laughs> and ava like yeah, what yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, like the parents who have their own thing, fine. But like Lauren's whole thing was just to being Tobias's mom. Like, why isn't she? I don't know, looking for him at I all. I hope she still has Champ. I feel like that Ava and Peter would continue being a power couple, especially if Marco yeah. is the only celebrity animorph. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But what about Nora, Ted? Right. What about Nora? I bet Marco's dad is helping to negotiate the, like, technology stuff that Axe yeah. is bringing. Ooh, yeah. I wish he had mentioned that. Okay. Yeah. Also, what about Melissa Chapman, the most important character in the series? What they have her character. floating head on the inside cover, and she doesn't even appear in the first 19 <laughs> chapters. Well, I bet the last two chapters will be all be about Melissa. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Can I, can I also say the thing I would be so willing to forgive the authors, the fridging of the auxiliary animorphs, if we'd gotten one Colette chapter, one James chapter, you have a Megamorphs at the end, just have yeah. an auxiliary point of view. Like, why couldn't you do That's that? Why not just one? It's yeah, very I mean, they do get, Agreed. I think Jake calls them out sometimes. Yeah, it's like, one he's line. listing everybody yeah. who dies and it's like all the auxiliaries. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. I'm glad we mentioned them at least. I know, Jeez. I know. Yeah. Poor auxiliaries. Seriously, yeah. I'm worried about Jake. Yeah. I'm worried about Jake too. Yeah, this thing. I don't know if these next two chapters are enough time for him to learn the lesson Marco was trying to teach him. But how he can't go into battle thinking that he's not going to make any mistakes. Well, let's read them. Great, this is your last chance for predictions. I mean, maybe you can make predictions going into the final chapter as well, but... All right, Gray, do you have predictions for the last two chapters? <sighs> okay, um, let's see. I think that Jake and Marco and Tobias and their new friend are going to... Menderash. Menderash. Sure, that guy. <laughs> I think they're going to save Axe. Ooh. And that Jake is going to get some kind of like redemption of his own uh, angst and like moral opprobrium mm. by the action. Like he's redeeming himself by saving X. Yeah. I think Alaron is going to join them. I don't remember anything. Ooh. So I'm just, I'm just going to throw out some Please. wild predictions. That would be cool. No, he can't. Why not? Oh, then it would be an mission. Light. Oh no. This New York ship. Yeah. What are they going to call it? They're, they're going to call it the Esplin. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to call it the Snowflake, because it was all these things going out from the center. Oh, so, no, no, no. The one that they, the one that oh, Jake that is they have. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Because I was going to say, I didn't realize it was a Yerk ship. I thought it was like a something else ship that the Yerks are just allied with. No, the, the Yerk ship that they're they taking. They're, they're going to call it the Rachel. They're going to call it the Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. You both have the same idea. They, they'll okay. have to call it the Rachel. Sorry, I thought I also was thinking what the blade ship was called, but no, you're like, right. Tobias is there. There's <clears throat> no way he's going to. Let's read, let's read chapter 20. Uh, the last section is two chapters. So Jake, Marco, Tobias, Menderash, the Andalite who's now a human athlete, and two volunteers from Jake's counterterrorism class, Sergeant Santarelli and a French trainee named Jean Girard, go with him. So there's another, there's six Animorphs again, sort of, because Jake feels like that's the right number, and it is. <laughs> uh, Marco is being a Marco towards Sean. What else do you expect? They kind of capture a shuttle from a couple of Andalites in order to make it clear that this is, like, not a sanctioned mission. No one let them do this. And they go into orbit and see this sort of new fancy ship that's a Yerk, it's a Yerk craft and as they're about to go onto the ship, 
Mendrash stops them and says, before we go on the ship, we have to name it. And we have to know who it is before the crew can know it. And uh, they're all discussing kind of what they should name it. And Tobias says, she's beautiful and dangerous and exciting. And he and Jake and Marco have a moment where they're like, we absolutely know what the name of this ship is. And so it was, we went aboard the Rachel. We stopped here to cry some more because, of course, we did because this is devastating and also wonderful. And we love all of them very much, especially Rachel. Also, Gray and Jenny both were the queens of predictions for the last time. <laughs> yes. We did know that it was going to be called Rachel Kuchabas. And then we get to the last chapter of any Animorphs book, the last one. And it is a Marco chapter. And they are in space looking for this blade ship, tooling around trying to figure out where it is. There are some great banter moments. There's some great kind of fun things as they're figuring out how to work this ship. And then they finally find the blade ship, which is what they've been looking for because they're trying to figure out what happened to Axe. They try and um, bluff that this is like another Yerk ship looking for the blade ship. Like, we're going to be Yerks together. Yay. And as they're doing it, it turns out there's this like new enemy that is creating their own empire called the one who is many, the one who is all. And it is some creepy ass new corrupt evil nonsense that goes through all these different faces, including Axe's face. And we don't know what it is. And then Jake's like, Okay, crazy, reckless, ruthless decisions. Jake smiles, Rachel smile, and then says, ram the blade ship. Yeah. And then the book ends. The end. And Gray freaked out, oh, like a lot. <laughs> and then we talked about it. And we talk about the book in general a little bit. There's a letter to the fans at the very end that's just kind of acknowledgments and a little bit from Kay Applegate. Okay, okay. Can we just pause after having learned about Sergeant Santarelli and... Wait, and Santarelli was the Gerard. one who, who raised his hand at the beginning. Who raised his hand, yeah. Ooh. To be like, yeah. yes, Professor? But you did it. Can we just predict, okay, what are their roles in the group? Is one of them the tank? Is one of them the, the conscience? <laughs> no, they're both just cannon fodder. Red shirts. Santarelli, oh, no. no, Santarelli is the new Cassie because he was the one who's like, but you did it. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right, so is Jean Gerard going to be the tank? Jean Gerard is the tank. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Well, wait. No, we're forgetting about Menderash. Oh, Menderash! Menderash is so <clears throat> great. He can be all the things. Probably not. I think Menderash might be the heart. Oh. Because he was the one who was like, are you sure? Yes. <laughs> wait, so then which one of them is X? Are you sure Menderash is an X? I don't know. Oh, That's what I don't I'm know. Saying. Well, so Menderash is the one who decided to permanently morph human in order to go rescue Axe, he's totally the heart. He's definitely the heart, you're right. <gasps> yeah. Guys, do you think, is this a new ship for Axe? Menderax? <gasps> Menderax! I am there for Menderax. Perfect, I'm in. That I'm sounds a little worried wonderful. about the power imbalance since Axe is like such a hero and Menderash was serving under him. I feel have some stuff to work out. But Menderash will obviously become a huge hero on this mission. Right, well, and, and now we'll get another cross-species you know, pairing kid thing in a Megamorphs. Oh, I mean, they're both Andalites, but... Sure. But Mendrash isn't okay. an Andalite anymore. Okay, you guys. What? We're two pages in <laughs> and two chapters from the end. You know what? This what is, is your this point, is people are here for. They're here for Mendrax. <laughs> okay. I love them so much. Uh, the banter is just the, so The good. banter is priceless. <laughs> 
Yes, it's so good. This is what I'm here for. I'm here for the banter, it turns out. This is all I wanted. What are the new, what are the six of them going to be called? They can't be called Animorphs. Oh, so they have a Nothlet. Oh, it's so the original Animorphs setup. They also still have a Nothlet. Well, well, yeah, but like the now Menderash is the one who can't morph. Oh, He's I see. Tobias. I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so Tobias is not the new Tobias. Tobias they protected the, the Chi. Are they also protecting the Elemist? Wait, what? Have they, what? What are you talking about? Because they're like, we're not going to tell even the Andalites about the Chi, right? Uh-huh. Eric is able to escape and Chi oh, have not yeah. been integrated into this new alien society. That's right? a great point. Let's get some Andalites beaten up on the Elemist and cry. Come on. <laughs> right, right, right. So, what are you going to no, 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 tell no, them? How do they explain how Tobias can morph? Oh. Right? I hope they were like, yeah, the Elemist gave him his power back and the Andalites were like, are they choking? <laughs> I mean, they must have done it somehow. Are they just messing with us? This is ridiculous. Maybe he was always a thought speak enabled hawk, and right, that's just, just a species a they have on their planet. <laughs> I love that. I mean, he also hasn't been around, so maybe, yeah, so maybe they just like it hasn't come up that much. But also, if they've been writing stories, like books about their whole experience, I'm sure the elements came up. The aggressive, muscular silhouette with a certain beauty. They're definitely going to name it after Rachel. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid fing book. <laughs> Making me have feelings. We were right. Hate these books. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got it. Ugh. Okay, so they're going aboard the Rachel. I can't handle it. Ready for the last chapter? He said, knowing Jenny will never be ready. Jenny will never be ready. Rachel. It's such the perfect way to like make it still Rachel's book. You know? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so perfect. I like this line that the the ship has to know who it is before the crew can know it. And, like, mm. Rachel always knew who she was. Oh, yes. She did. Oh, Scary, deadly, cool-looking York ship on a doomed, suicidal, crazy mission that no one can ever know about. She would love it. She would. Yeah, she would. It's also, it's fascinating that, like, Jake and Tobias really can't talk about it. Like, they, it's almost like they will never be able to talk about it. Yeah. But that they that they can come together over this right like uh-huh it makes it seem like it's yeah. the right thing for yeah. for him and Jake to both be there Ugh. ready to <laughs> ready to keep going yes <laughs> i just got to what they stocked the ship with and rash does seem like the axe and six dozen cinnabons Antlines have a sense of humor santa really wondered we've never been entirely sure i said they do i love that line they do the theory was that we would simply draw a straight line. Well, figuratively straight. Unlike Marco. <laughs> the one who is many. Father? Hey, you guys, quick question. What the f***? <laughs> what? Ram the blade ship. I want the rest of this story! Yeah, me too! What the hell, man? Great. Ah. Tell us what you think. Ah! Sorry, go great. I'm sorry. A what? <laughs> what? What? I don't understand. What do you mean? What do you mean? You just uh, ran the blood. What? How did you? How? <laughs> okay, so my question was, how are you going to wrap this up in the last book? And then they just did a great job. How are you going to wrap up this new story about Axe in the last chapter? And then didn't? What the hell? <laughs> so what happens I, next? 
Is this the voice with the thing in the book that Ooh, never comes back? 41. Interesting. Interesting. There's no like there's no like mystery puzzle box, reread the series, you'll figure it out answer to be had. The one is a new a new element. Could be that voice, could be some iteration of Cryak, could be something totally new. No one knows anything. It's a it's a it's a major curveball. Yeah. No answers to be had. It is a major curveball. I wanna know if there are any good fan like there must be fic about like what happens at this point. There's gotta be, right? Well like what that. so what no, but what happens? What happens right now? They ran the blade chip? Yeah. Like what happens next? Yeah. I mean like what do you think happens? How do you how do you understand it as an ending to their story? Like, are you assuming the story goes on and you don't get to know what happens? Yes. Are you assuming they all die? Are you assuming I'm assuming the story goes on and we don't get to know what happens? The story goes on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the new adventures of They've Jake been in and tight his corners crew. before. They're obviously gonna get yeah. out of this. So I, I actually I wanna that that's also my takeaway is mm-hmm. like the it's like ending on a cliffhanger, the story yeah. goes on thing. Yeah. A lot of people take this as like it's suicide. No, All the obviously not. No. Die. no. How could this possibly work? This is something that would happen in Jake, like the middle of a book and right, they right, would right. survive. But it's like yeah. Jake and Marco and Tobias all die killing the one and die. saving the universe. No. Okay. This is like the end of a the first book in a trilogy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. when uh, in one of the many we should do like a little word of God segment in a future episode. <laughs> yeah. But in one of the many uh, Reddit interviews that Apple Grant have done, I think it was maybe just Michael Grant who said this. Someone was like, a lot of people say like the cliffhanger is so unexpected and think they all die. But like, I always thought that like the end of the book was a reference to that time in the Endelite Chronicles when Elfingor ramps the blade ship and like successfully saves the day. And Michael Grant was like, finally the pin drops. <laughs> oh my so, god! Like, Wait, do I remember It's that? intentionally It's intentionally a callback to when Elfingor pops back to the future oh, and yeah. rams the blade ship yes! and becomes the hero Elfingor. Yeah. So like, it is intentionally that like bold reckless thing that just might work, right? Like, yeah, not that like canon they all survive and rescue ask and everything's fine. It's just like, but they do. It's so explicitly it's not. It's explicitly not them all dying. Word of God. So I'm glad Yay! you guys. I, I wasn't going to spoil that, but since you both had the impression <laughs> that I had the first time I read the yeah. series, I assume. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously dangerous, and I want to know how they get out of it. But they do, obviously. They definitely do. Genre demands. Yes. <laughs> This book is so good, you guys. It's so good. Yeah. All all three different books that are in this book are very <laughs> What are the three books? Rachel dying and like the end of the Animorphs battling the Yerks. Mm-hmm. The aftermath of the Animorphs battling the Yerks and like what happens to them and to Earth in, in the years after that fight is over. And Axe gets kidnapped and Jake and his crew go on adventures in space. Yeah. Those are my three books. Yeah. Yeah. I want to read the rest of that third one. Me too. I also want to read the rest of the second one. Like, how does this affect Earth? Uh, I really want to know more about how Andalite tourism changes Earth, how morphing power, like, does morphing power just stay limited to the military? Even if it does, some of those military people are not going to stay in the military. Um, but it's it's so great because, like, the series was never about that, right? It's like, it's one of those, they did try to cram so much into the ending. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I am frustrated by some of the missing details. Like, where's Aftran? Where's Lauren? Like, yeah. what happened? Like, especially because, like, they, they make it, there's kind of, like, that spiraling out stuff that happens in the last few books. 
And then it, it takes it a in. super narrow focus <laughs> at the end on the characters, yeah. which is like, that is the ending that we need. Right, because that's but, what we care about. We care about the characters. Right, but it yeah. is it does rankle a little bit. It's like, why doesn't Tobias talk to his mom ever again? What is yeah. going on? Yeah, he doesn't even think about her. He's just out. He talks to yeah. Toby, clearly. Uh, but, like, is Lauren? It's, what it's terrible. She's, like, Tell literally not mentioned in this book. Yeah, it's very weird. Marco Did got she... his perfect family back. He doesn't think once about leaving them behind to go with Jake on this dumb mission. We don't get to see him talking to them, yeah. no. Does Lauren get to go at, to the, like, naming of the ship, the Elfengor? No, because that was named right before oh, yeah, Lauren yeah, did. Yeah. But... <laughs> Does Lauren ever find out about her past? Oh my gosh, we never right? find out if Tobias fills her in. What the heck is the one? What's going to happen? How do they rescue Axe? I want more. I know. I want more, too. I want to get to know these new characters. The Rachel, the ship, the Rachel. No. It's so good. This whole book is so good. The Rachel stuff is amazing. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say? (laughs) I, I feel like we have been through a lot together. We've been through so much, you guys. This was very stressful and delightful, and I'm really sad that I wasn't sitting in the same room with you guys. All yeah, this. yeah. It feels like, I mean, it's not the end of the podcast, but like, I'm already feeling that pang of loss of like the three of us as the Council of Anamorphology. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that the ending delivered in the ways that I wanted it to, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we'll probably <laughs> hash out next week some of the like, there are probably things we'll have <laughs> right. issues with or whatever. Farseeing Cassie, quote unquote, you know, like all that ah, stuff. Ah, yes, we'll talk about that. But like, it's so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. I'm glad. I'm glad the ending landed for you in a better way, Jenny. Yeah. Yes. It. <laughs> it maybe healing in some ways. Tough, um, but yeah, it's. I think I was able to see much more clearly the good and bad parts of the last ten or even the last mm-hmm. twenty books and. I was much better prepared for everything that was going to happen in 54. And I really appreciate how well it was done. Like that goes so yeah. far towards. Yeah. Cause I think the last time I was like pretty checked out at that point, just because it had been so bad and it had been regardless of quality, it had been so rough to like go through mm-hmm. the spiraling out the, the undermining of all the things that had made me love the series. And yeah, it was just, a really rough thing to have like fall apart in that way mm-hmm. and yeah it's I think this was the right way to read it again like really taking the time to dig into all of the books sometimes for four plus hours and uh <laughs> yeah I I I feel heartbroken and also slightly healed it's a weird combination of feelings yeah I think that's right I think I need to sit with the sit with the grief for a while Definitely going to have at least another week. I also want to say, if either of you want to take me on another book series journey, I will sign up. I greatly (laughs) appreciate both of you spending all the time talking about all this stuff together. I mean, it's not like I was doing you a favor. (laughs) No, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like Gray was the one who, uh, I'm really glad we did this. Yeah. Listen, it took forever, but it also, the ending was worth it. And the yeah. process was wonderful yeah. for yeah. you guys. But. Yeah. but it would have been disheartening if the ending hadn't been worth it. And the ending was, it was really Yes, bad. I would have been very mad. It was very Instead good. of just heartbroken. Oh, what good heartbreak. <laughs> what good heartbreak. I definitely thought there was a chance, Gray, you'd be super mad about the end. <laughs> Listen, that was not a wrong thing to be worried about. <laughs> I get mad about things a lot in these books. 
And I'm, I'm sure I will be mad when I think there about it more, but I'm not reading it. I love it. Yeah. 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 We'll be back in your feeds next week with a conversation about the series as a whole and our thoughts on it. And oh my God, I can't believe this is the last Animorphs book. You guys, thanks for being with us. Gray, you've read all of the Animorphs books now. I have read all of the Animorphs books and I'm so happy I did. I'm so happy you did too. Me too. I'm so happy we all did. If you want to find us, we are at Animorphology.com and at Animorphology on Twitter. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And don't forget to rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. And if you want to read along, you can find a link to the Animorphs ebooks on our website. We can demorph now. No! <laughs> we refuse to demorph! Uh, perfect, perfect way to end it.